to me, if you do get to the incredible capability, you know, AGI, AGI plus, I guess I, you know, there's three things I worry about. One is that a bad guy is in control of the system. And so if we have good guys who have equally powerful systems, that hopefully minimizes that problem. There's the chance of the system taking control. And for some reasons, I'm, I'm less concerned about that. I'm glad other people are. The one that, that sort of befuddles me is human purpose. I get a lot of excitement that, hey, I'm good at working on malaria and malaria eradication and getting smart people and applying resources to that. When the machine says to me, Bill, go play pickleball. I've got malaria eradication. You're just a slow thinker. Then, you know, it is a philosophically confusing thing and how you organize society. Yes, we're going to improve education, but education to do what if if you get to this extreme, which we still have a big uncertainty, but for the first time, the chance that might come in the next 20 years is, is not zero. There's a lot of psychologically difficult parts of working on the technology, but this is, the for me, the most difficult. Because I also yeah, like, you're, you're get a lot of satisfaction <laughs> from that. And it's like, in some real sense, this might be like the last hard thing I ever do. Well, our, our minds are so organized around scarcity, scarcity of teachers and yeah. doctors and good ideas that partly I do wonder if a generation that grows up without that scarcity will find the philosophical notion of how to organize society and what to do. Maybe they'll come up with a solution. And I, I'm afraid my mind is so shaped around scarcity, I, I even have a hard time thinking of it. That's what I tell myself, too, and that's what I truly <laughs> believe, that, that although we are giving something up here in some sense. You know, we are going to have things that are smarter than us. If we can get into this world of post-scarcity, we will find new things to do. They'll feel very different. You know, maybe instead of solving malaria, you're deciding which galaxy you'd like and how, what you're going to do with it. I'm confident we're never going to run out of problems and we're never going to run out of different ways to find fulfillment and do things for each other and sort of understand how we play our human games for other humans in this way that's going to remain really important. It's going to be different for sure, but I think the only way out is through. We just have to go do this thing. It's going to happen. This is like now an unstoppable technological course. The value is too great. And I'm pretty confident, very confident, we'll make it work, but it does feel like it's going to all be so different. The way to apply this to certain current problems like you know, getting kids a tutor and helping to motivate them or discover drugs for Alzheimer's. You know, I think it's it's pretty clear how to do that. Whether AI can help us, you know, go to war less, be less polarized, you'd think as you drive intelligence and, you know, not being polarized kind of is common sense and not having more is common sense. But I do think that's an, a lot of people would, be skeptical. So I'd love to have people working on the hardest human problems, uh, like whether we get along with each other. You know, I think that would be extremely positive if we thought the AI could contribute to humans getting along with each other. I believe that 
it will surprise us on the upside there. The technology will surprise us with how much it can do. We've got to find out and see, but I'm very optimistic and I agree with you. What a contribution would that be? In terms of equity, technology is often expensive, like a PC or internet connection, and it takes time to come down in cost. I guess the costs of running these AI systems, it looks pretty good that the cost per evaluation is going to come down a lot? It's come down an enormous amount already. Uh, GPT-3, which is the model we've had out the longest and the most time to optimize, in the three years, that's three and a little bit years that's been out, we've been able to bring the cost down by, I think, a factor of 40. So for three years' time, that's like that's a pretty good start. For uh, 3.5, we've brought it down I would bet close to 10 at this point. Four is newer, so we haven't had as much time to bring the cost down there, but we, we will continue to bring the cost down. I think we are on the steepest curve of cost reduction of ever of any technology I know, way better than Moore's Law. And it's not only that we figure out how to make the models more efficient, but also as we understand the research better, we can get more knowledge, we can get more ability into a smaller model. And so I think we are gonna drive the cost of intelligence down to so close to zero that it will be just this before and after transformation for society. Like right now, my, my basic model of the world is cost of intelligence, cost of energy. Those are the two kind of <laughs> biggest inputs to like quality of life, particularly for poor people. But overall, if you can drive both of those way down at the same time, the amount of stuff you can have, the amount of like improvement you can, you can deliver for people, it's quite enormous. And we are on a curve, at least for intelligence, we will really, really deliver on that promise. But even at the current cost, which again, this is the highest it will ever be and much more than we want. For 20 bucks a month, you get a lot of GPT-4 access and way more than 20 bucks worth of value. So I think we're already like, we've come down pretty far. Subscribe to Unconfuse Me wherever you listen to podcasts. 